It's been a hot, a hot minute. It has been. All right, let's. All right, Zach. Zach, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell him. Okay, it has been a hot minute. We we know it has been. Uh, but let us explain. Let, or I'll, let me. Multiple explain. reasons. Um. Um. So. Oh, Mill. Hi, Zeke. Oh. All right. <laughs> Anyways, so. Um. I have moved uh, from Arkansas and uh, back to the sip, baby. Back to the sip. Uh, I am now in East Mississippi. Uh, I graduated college. I, you know, we we had been discussing on the show that I'd been in school and we were going to be finishing school, um, and, and and we promised we would get back into routine once all that happened. Well, it has happened, and it all has transpired. Uh, throughout the holidays and into the new year, uh, moving, starting a new job, all of those things uh, have transpired. Therefore, you have had the delay in shows, but uh, we are back and better than ever. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting back into a routine of shows, Zach. Um, sure. There is clearly, very clearly, a lot to discuss <laughs> since we've been gone. So, um, but yeah, yes, we got a lot to cover. McKinnon and I have finally settled in, got the boxes unpacked, Zach, and uh, kind of getting a routine. Got Zeke into school today, um, you know, all all those things. So, we're back though. We're back, and I'm, I'm excited to be back um, and, and get back going with our shows because I have missed it. I love doing it. Love talking LSU, and I've been itching to talk about what all has been transpiring. Yeah, because I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm I am stoked. I, I am stoked about the future of LSU football, of our recruiting, the classes that are being built for the future. Oh yeah, uh, sure. man! You even look into the the class of 2026, not just 2025, 2026. This LSU team with Brian Kelly at the helm with this new staff is going to be an elite recruiting staff. And Zach, you now have a massive, you, you ha now have a kingdom, a kingdom yeah. that is now no longer in your way when it comes to Louisiana recruiting and recruiting in general, a, a massive empire is no longer, I mean, we're talking Roman empire has fallen <laughs> No longer in the way, right? Okay. So 
the future is bright, and I've been itching to talk about it, Zach. So I'm glad we're back. I'm glad we're back. For sure. And uh, to add on top of everything you had going on with school and moving and the new job, uh, on top of that, I had my schedule change at work as well. And many, many nights was not getting home until 9 p.m., 10 p.m., um, just working extremely late because of some turnover at our job. And luckily, we've had some stability now and uh, still working a lot of hours. I'm working like close to 60 hours every week. But the uh, the shift uh, is a little bit more normal now. So uh, we're able to kind of get back to routine here with our shows and and, and good timing, too, as, uh, you know, football had kind of ended when everything we started, you know, stopping and, and 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 getting a little inconsistent there and then obviously um we've been able to uh make all the changes uh with you and and with me yes. as well at my work and so anyways all of it was a mess but we're here now uh football ended it was a good transition between football and basketball to kind of go through that time period For and sure. now we've got basketball full swing but it's perfect timing as well because we are less than a month away from LSU baseball. Let's go. Let's go. So it's it's good timing to be able to be back and uh, discuss LSU sports. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's I mean things really are kind of jumping right now in the sports mm-hmm. world. They they really are. Um, I also want to say this um, briefly because we have a lot of other things to talk about. Um, so I don't want to hang up on this too much, but I am. Full sell, full sell, pulling for a Detroit Lions Super Bowl win. I'm all in. I kind of with it too. I'd be, I'd be fine with. I would, I wouldn't mind the 49ers winning. Um, They've won enough. Lions never won. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you on that. Let's go Lions. Yeah, totally pulling. All right, so we got three segments as we always do. Uh, We're gonna talk the staff turnover. Obviously, massive staff turnover uh, from this previous year. Defensive staff in particular um, clearly needed to be overhauled, and Brian Kelly overhauled it Mm. uh, and has been absolutely killing it with the hires that he has made. Um, We will talk transfer portal because, Zach, there are a lot of – And recruiting. And recruiting. But there are a lot of people sleeping on – our most recent transfer portal edition. He literally, CJ Daniels, was listed as a top 10 transfer portal player today by on three. Top yeah. 10. Top 10 players to, to be in the transfer portal. It's, it's coming to LSU as a wide receiver. And we're just kind of, you know, glazing over that. Like, like we didn't just add one of the five returning Thousand-yard, double-digit touchdown receivers. One of five. Yep. Coming back to college football next year is CJ mm-hmm. Daniels. He's come to LSU Tigers. And if you did not watch what happened with Garrett Nussmeyer, I'm pretty excited at the addition of CJ Daniels. That that little you know Nussmeyer Daniels hookup may bring a little tear to the eye. Uh, that name uh, will be forever in infamy with LSU Jaden <laughs> Daniels. Uh, so that's that that Nussmeyer Daniels hookup next year is gonna be nice with Kyron, uh, and of course, um, also uh, Xavion Thomas, the other addition from the portal, Aaron Anderson, 
Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Chris, Chris Hill. Hill. That's who I was thinking of. That's who I was thinking of. So, yeah. um, and we'll give you some basketball update. The men's basketball are, in my opinion, Zach, are overachieving, and are yeah. And they, I agree, Zach. We we talked about this. I know it's been a while, but we talked about this on our show. We talked about it about how people were were not giving Matt McMahon the benefit of the doubt, and you're starting to see, you're starting to see it. And, and people are also were, were, were also just completely ignoring his recruiting because they had written him off. Yeah. They were not giving him the benefit of the situation. After one year. After one stinking year. And, and he was dealt the, the worst hand in college basketball last year. Literally the worst situation in college basketball last year. He yep. had like a couple months to put together a roster from zero scholarship players. And he put a team together. And that's really all you had. So this year really feels like year one where he's got some solid players and they're going to be competing in the SEC. And they already are. Three and two start uh, is very positive. Could have easily been four and one. A little disappointing. We'll talk about that with what happened with Texas A&M. And, of course, the women's basketball uh, is rolling as well. They did lose recently but have bounced back pretty well uh, in the previous two games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited about the future of men's basketball in particular, and we'll go into detail with that. So, Zach, let's hit it. Staff turnover. What? Okay, so obviously the defense was horrible. <laughs> Literally yeah. the wor- one of the worst defenses we've ever seen uh, LSU put on the field. Uh, literally. Literally. The um, so it's, the changes had to be made. And, of yeah. course, there was debate, will Matt, Matt, Matt House be retained? Will they just change the position coaches, yada, yada, yada? Well, as you know now, all that's out the window. They're all gone. They all go. I absolutely love it. It needed to happen. And it's very Clean evident. Out. It's very evident that Matt House did not have a great relationship with these players. And so it needed to happen. If he didn't got a good relationship with the players, like, you got to wrap it up. It doesn't matter how good a coach you are. Well, Nick Saban's a pretty good coach, and I know there's some players he didn't have to get along with. But Nick Saban still got along with a lot of his players and treated them with respect and and, and had their back majority of the time. But if you just ain't if you ain't got it with your players and and you ain't cutting it, you got to go. You got to go, man. So um, I'm glad that it happened. And Zach, what what are your thoughts on the hires? Blake Baker obviously is your new DC. Thrilled about it. Bo Davis, massive. Corey Raymond. And the surprises, Zach, in Kevin Peoples. Yeah. Yep. Now, Jake Olson, I think, is the one where everybody was like, oh, okay. But I still think it was a solid hire. But I think with the Jake Olson, it was kind of like we've hit massive on the others. So, and it also felt like it was Brian Kelly or maybe Scott Woodward allowing Blake Baker to choose his safeties coach. And he brought Jake Olson in from Missouri to his first on-field position at the Power Five level. So, we'll see how that plays out. But I really like the other additions. So, what what are your thoughts? Well, obviously, um, you know, we all wanted to see a change. We all wanted – I think I think the majority of the fan base, if not all of the fan base, wanted to see major change. They wanted to see House gone. As you mentioned, it became evident uh, through videos and conversation on 
social media that Matt House yeah. not only was coaching the worst defense ever in LSU in LSU history, yeah. but he did not have a great relationship uh, with the players, uh, which became very evident. And I think that was a big factor in 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 having to make these moves. Correct. So ultimately, entire an entire wash of the defensive staff, and you know. I think on top of every LSU fan wanting to see uh, House and other and other staff members gone, another thing was almost every single LSU fan wanted to see Bo Davis come in and Corey Raymond come back. Yeah, right. And that's what happened, and it was huge because you know initially it, there there were reports that released that Bo Davis was going to stay at Texas, that he had been right. heavily pursued by LSU and was, hadn't made a decision to stay at Texas. Uh, and so it looked kind of bleak. And then, boom, Bo Davis is coming to LSU. And yeah. that was a massive – that is going to be the biggest – I mean, I believe, even with the core Raymond hire, I believe that is going to be the biggest hire um, of this offseason by far. Uh, not even the coordinators. And, uh, I mean, I think that's the biggest hire even – It's it's an A-plus hire. The yeah, it's, it's A-plus plus. hire. Probably it's the best plus defensive hire. line recruiter – and defensive line coach in the country. And to be able to get the godfather of DBU back as well, and I know there were some mixed feelings between LSU fans, uh, I completely disagree with those people that don't think that bringing Corey Raymond back was a good idea. Um, when you produce the amount of talent, recruit the amount of talent, uh, put, in, put guys into the NFL uh, the way that Corey Raymond has done, yeah. um, you know – I don't. I don't know how you can argue that. I mean, good grief! We're talking Mo Claiborne. We're talking Pat P. We're talking Tyron Matthew. We're talking Ed Reed. I mean, Jackson. Huh, Dante? I mean, you, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And so, I mean, Stingley fly. Stingley, yes, yeah, Stingley fly. I mean, dude, it's just, it's it's almost you know, like a never ending list. And so, like, for those of you that. Think, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, keep going. Um, for those of you that think it was a great, wasn't a great idea, I just got to say I disagree, and I think that's a, I think that's a lousy take to be honest. Yeah. But I think you get an A minus higher in Corey Raymond because there obviously was not not because of Corey, but because of kind of the there was different crowds there I and. See- the, the word on the street was the way Corey left was was a little like set the bridge on fire kind of way. Yeah. Is the way I understand it. And and I'm I'm not saying that's true. I'm not re, you know reporting that by any means. I, you know, I don't I'm not I don't think we're saying anything crazy like we're not sourcing anything. Like I'm just saying it sounds to be like he kind of burned some bridges on the way out. Um and then coming back was a little hard for some of those people who had experienced that with Corey, but a lot of the staff did that. I mean, kind of just set the bridge on fire when, when everything was blown up, but at the same time, you kind of, I'm like, you really kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. I feel like because the situation was horrible. Yeah. Uh, and also, Corey Raymond, when the D.C. position came open under Ed Orgeron, wanted to be the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and was not considered. Um, 
So, and then a first-time defensive coordinator, Durante Jones, was hired. And so there's there's there was a lot of things that was going on that you're kind of like, okay, I understand why he was upset. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, correct. And then he lost his job. I mean, he lost yeah. his job. So you kind of got to look at the situation and say, okay, I get it. Like, that was rough. Mm-hmm. But here's a fresh start. We got a guy at, at the head of everything in Brian Kelly who's going to have everything secure, having this thing running like a well-old machine. And you apply someone like Corey Raymond to that machine who can recruit the way he recruits and coach the way he coaches. Mm-hmm. The results speak speak for themselves with Corey Raymond. They they really do. Um, so I love the hire. I love the hire. I, I would say it's a a minus as well. Yeah. Outside of those two, you know, when you look at the other guys that they hired, Jake Olson, Kevin Peoples, uh, as far as assistance goes, uh, the Kevin Peoples won't surprise me, but I yeah. think I think you, it you is a very encouraging because you think about what Bo Davis is going to bring to that defensive line, and now you bring in a defensive coach that is it has specialized in uh, edge rushers, and you can just That's imagine true. all the LSU fans are thinking, please, please, Perk. please Perk. put Harold Perk. Perkins Perk. – please put him and Harold Perkins together and work on – I will. And work on that, which I believe they will. Um, like, I'm, I, we'll see what happens with Jake Olsen because, you know, obviously Corey Raymond, yeah. uh, you know, he was coaching both units. And yeah. then obviously there was a little bit of a change there in 2019 or 2018 – uh, 2019, where they added, you know, another secondary coach to co- specifically yeah, coach safeties, yeah, yeah. and I know that also the rumor is that that you know that kind of rubbed him a little bit. So now he's going to have to walk into another situation where he's going to have to share, um, the responsibility of the DBs yeah. with another coach. You know, we'll see how that goes. That, what's interesting is in the official release, Jake Olson was named safeties, mm-hmm. but Corey was not named cornerbacks or DBs. He was named secondary coach. So I am – You may be over it with right. Jake being especially Correct. focusing I'm, on the safeties. That's right. I, I think I think that's how it's going to play out, the way you just said it, that he's mm-hmm. going to work with both groups. But in terms of, like, you know, your drills and whatnot, Jake is probably going to be working with them, doing drills mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Um, and also, Brian Kelly has always had their safeties and their DBs coaches split in his in his tenure as a coach. He's always had it that way. So, yeah, um, I don't see any reason to change what he's been doing. He, he's won a lot of games, um, but I, I think with that title, it kind of says something. Uh, yeah. So that's, I think he's going to be over all of it and have his hand in both pots. So, but Zach, the Blake Baker hire, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, me as well. The Blake Baker hire is everything that Matt House was not. I agree. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. It's everything that Matt House was not. You have heard the, the cries of the former players. Well, maybe not the cries, the cheers of the former players at the hire of Blake Baker. Blake Baker yeah. obviously was on staff when Ed Orgeron was here as the linebackers coach. The dude coached Damone Clark the year he led the SEC in tackling, won the button. Damone loved him, called him family. And loved him to death. Every player loved him. You see former players retweeting the hire, love the hire. Love 
Blake Baker is a player's coach. He's a player's coach. Uh, he's young. He's energetic. Um, and, and he's a great recruiter. And he is a pressure-sending type of defensive coordinator, yeah. which we all love. Everybody loves when the defense is getting at the quarterback, and yeah. that's the style of defense that Blake Baker plays. It's a very get-after-the-quarterback, pressure-heavy. I think Blake Baker is going to have an absolute field day with <laughs> utilizing Harold Perkins with stunt <laughs> I hope and so. different looks and sending him on a blitz and paired with West Weeks. I, I guarantee you, you're going to see West Weeks this year. You, you mean Whit Weeks? Whit Weeks. You are going to see Whit Weeks this year. You're right. Uh, you are going to see him and Harold and and, and Greg Penn and like th this this hire is is massive. It's a massive hire alongside of the position hires that you made is going to be, in my opinion, an incredible pairing across the defensive side of the ball. And I'm I'm very pumped to see it. And and Brian Kelly. You know, we kind of graded some of the hires. Blake Baker is an A-plus hire. Brian Kelly gets an A-plus for this offseason, which he still has to make another hire. It's true. But we do need to talk about that as well. I'll let you say what you want to say about Blake Baker. The biggest thing for me with Blake Baker, um, obviously in taking over this defense, you're going to have to uh, fix a lot of things. Uh, we're talking about a defense that was in the hundreds statistically, again, worst worst LSU defense statistically in the history. And whenever Blake Baker took over Missouri, it was a similar situation. They were in the hundreds in overall defense. Um, he had them for two years. You saw them go from 100 and whatever to 70-something. And you're like, okay, now, you know, that's a pretty good jump in year one. And then you talk about this year, you're talking about 25th, you know, and that's a – you know, you're in, if you're in the 20s, that's that's a really good defense, right? 125. Um, now, now it, it didn't matter for Jaden Daniels, but <laughs> it didn't matter for Jaden uh, Daniels, but but you saw. I, I mean, it didn't. You know, it didn't matter for anybody <laughs> for Jaden Daniels this past year. But regardless, you saw a a massive improvement in a very small time span, uh, in, in only two years, uh, and not even a full two years. But um, less than two years of coaching that defense, they made massive, massive improvements. Yeah. And and let's let's not forget, you know, Missouri doesn't have a Harold Perkins, <laughs> right? Um, no, Missouri doesn't. Or Deshaun have, Womack. Missouri doesn't have a Deshaun Womack, right? Oh. There's some players um, that you know <laughs> Missouri doesn't have, right? They can uh, be unleashed. Yeah, it's going to be insane. So I, I really love the hire. You mentioned already about the players loving him. That was one of the biggest things for me is the, the players support him. They love him. We saw that from past LSU players, uh, current Missouri players, current LSU players that were really excited about him. So, yeah, I think overall, as you said, it's a, it's an A-plus hire. Maybe, maybe A, I mean, because some people are going to say, hey, we want to see it on the field. Let's see the results on the field. So maybe you go A. Yeah, or A minus instead of an A plus, uh, and wait to see you know if it becomes an A plus higher. Um, but obviously Reagan on the flip side of the ball, while we were also gone and not able to uh, record any podcast, uh, Mike Denbrock 
moves on and becomes the uh, offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. So now LSU is left with the decision uh, of who they're going to get to replace him. And I got to be honest, Reagan, I have an opinion on this, and I I don't think we've talked about this just me and you face-to-face or uh, over text or anything like that, but I do have an opinion about this, uh, and I'd like to get your take. I I am fairly certain – that LSU is going to promote Joe Sloan. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, the offense looked really good. I mean, when you had Cortez Hankton and Joe Sloan uh, do, being co-offensive coordinators, it yeah. still worked really well uh, in the in the bowl game. With uh, And you got to think, uh, that was with the, a lot of the team that you're going to have this year. Yes, Malik played, what, the first like quarter and a half or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, he got the record and then sat he down. got the record, then he was done. <laughs> uh, and yes, Brian Thomas was playing the whole game and obviously had a phenomenal game. But I mean, most out, outside of BTJ and the little bit of the Malik you saw in uh, the first the first half, uh, that's the team you're going to see next year, right? Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer at quarterback. You know, you're going to probably see that entire starting offensive line outside of maybe Charles Turner. If he signs, I, I don't know if I've heard yet, Reagan. If he signed an agent well, he, or not, he he accepted uh, to go to the Senior Bowl, the Reese the Reese's Senior Bowl. But he can still come back if he hasn't signed he can an agent. Still come back, but that's pretty telling. That's yeah, pretty it telling is pretty telling. I will say that. So we'll telling. see. But most likely, you're going to be having at least four. Uh, yeah, probably probably four. Of yeah. your starting, I mean, and DJ Chester has looked phenomenal at center as well uh, this past year. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and then obviously you're going to have Kyron, and you bring in CJ Daniels, which we'll talk about yeah. here shortly, and you bring in Xavion Thomas, who uh, has been one of State's best wide receivers and in an extreme danger in the return game. So, and then of of course you got guys like Chris Hilton who. A lot of people think is a diamond in the rough and somebody that could really pop off now that there's nobody really in the way of him. Um, You got, obviously, a young guy like Shelton Sampson uh, who could come up. Aaron Anderson, who probably wasn't fully utilized to his capabilities that he could be. I mean, again, when you have Malik. Did deal with some injury. He dealt with some injury. And you had Malik and you had BDJ and you had uh, Kyron and you had, obviously, Mason Taylor as a blanket. So you didn't really necessarily need um, Aaron Anderson to be a playmaker for you this year because you just had guys getting open. You had first-round right. talent getting open. So, anyways, I mean, and then, of course, you've got the slew of backs with Caleb Jackson, with uh, jo- uh, Josh Williams um, coming back, and we'll see. Uh, we'll also discuss, obviously, some transfer portal news there in that running back room. But overall, I mean, you saw in the bowl game what this team could do with Joe Sloan slash uh, slash Hankton um, leading the offense and 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 the team most of the team that you're going to see next year. Uh, so I fully believe LSU to promote Joe Sloan. Um, I, now the biggest thing that, that could debuttle this is will there be. Will BK be a little bit trigger shy with it being his first Power Five uh, offensive coordinator position? Yeah. You know, taking take, being an offensive coordinator in the Power Five for the first time. You know, because obviously under Ed Ordron, he made those decisions 
uh, in tw- what was it, 2021, yeah, uh, 22, and it didn't go well. So we'll see if that plays a factor in the decision making of who becomes the offensive coordinator. But I kind of expect Joe Sloan to be the guy. Well, I, I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, I, I don't know if you said this or not, but I think we're going to have co-OCs. I think we're going to have co-OCs with Sloan and Hankton. Joe Sloan being the one making the calls, though. But Hankton will have his hand in the play calling uh, and the mapping out of the plays, I think, ahead of time. Uh, I think that's what we're going to have because it's neither of them have been play callers. I think you get co-OCs. But I think Joe Sloan is the one making the plays in-game. Um, the exact same way it was with Wisconsin. They and of were course, co-OCs. Brian Kelly would be able to oversee everything. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the deal, and I've heard people, you know, and you said this, and I'm not saying you were saying, well, I don't think we should hire him because it's his first time. But you no, I just think that could that. be the reason. Correct, correct. That could be the, maybe the reason. Here's the deal, but there are some people on the other side of that saying, well, maybe we shouldn't hire him because it's his first time. Here's the deal, and and they've made that Jake Peets comparison you, you cannot make that comparison, man. You, you just cannot. It, it is a, a way different situation. Way different situation. Brian Kelly is not fighting for his job, okay, number one, like, like um, uh, Ed Ordron was doing. Uh, he's not fighting for to, to keep him, himself alive at LSU. Um, also, Ed Orgeron, I mean, was horrible in the hiring process. Um, really, as we all know now, he, he literally just asked people, hey, who should I hire? And then he went and hired them. Brian Kelly is filling out his options. He is interviewing coaches, um, and he's he's going to ultimately make the decision, the decision that he thinks is best for the team. And in my opinion – like yours, I think it's going to be the best decision to promote Joe Sloan, uh, promote Joe Sloan to the OC position, co-OC with him and Hankton. Maybe it's just Sloan. Maybe it's co-OCs. Either way, I, I don't care. Joe's going to be the one making the calls uh, in the game. I think that's the right decision for continuity's sake. He know how he knows how the offense has been run. He knows the terminology. He doesn't have to learn it. He's been working with the quarterbacks for the last two years. It just makes the most sense. And here's another thing, Zach. The dude wants the job. The dude wants the job. Yeah. And you just landed the number one quarterback in the country. The Not only the number one quarterback in the country, but the number one player in the country in Bryce Underwood for the 2025 class. It, it is quite literally the biggest recruit you will ever have if he signs to LSU, quite literally. So if you don't give the man the job, he might move on to someone who will give him the job. And if he does that, I'm not saying this would happen, but I would fear for us losing Bryce Underwood because Joe Sloan was the point man on landing him. He yeah. was the point man on Bryce Underwood, and and that's that's a very good point you make. So, I ain't risking losing him. I mean, Bryce Underwood is a is a 
a Jaden Daniels waiting again, like literally. Um, he may not win the Heisman or something, but he's going to be incredible. Um, and, and we need him to stick with LSU, sign with LSU. Um, so in my opinion, I'm keeping Joe Sloan for many reasons, and I think it's the best way to go. Ultimately, I think it is the way you go. I think that they would have already announced something if that wasn't the way they were going. That's just my opinion. Um, he may still be filling out his options. Totally fine. But ultimately, I think it's going to be Joe Sloan. So that's my thoughts on that. Reagan, who do, who is some options, you know, let's say that LSU doesn't go the Joe Sloan route. Honestly, you haven't heard a whole lot. You haven't heard but, a whole lot. And, and that's why we have these opinions. But That's right. You know, all things considering, who are some names that you can think of maybe you know, that honestly, we can consider if the Joe Sloan route isn't the way that LSU goes? You know, honestly, I haven't even thought of names or, or looked at names because the whole time I've kind of been behind Joe Sloan. Um, one that you would think you would look for is Tommy Reese. Alabama's OC, obviously Nick Saban moved on. He was yeah. Brian Kelly's OC at Notre Dame. Um, he was also Brian Kelly's quarterback uh, at, at Notre Dame before he was his offense coordinator. Went over, was OC with, with you know, Nick Saban for a year. Now he's moving on. But I don't think that's happening. It looks like the Cleveland Browns are about to hire Tommy Reese uh, as their tight ends coach. So – that's really the only option I, I would I would think, you know, they would be looking at. Um, I would say – I was also going to say – oh, man, what's his name? I can't remember his name. I'm not even going to sit here and try and think of it. But Washington's OC. But that's already been announced that he's going to Alabama. Um, so I, I really don't know, you know, where we would turn to. Um, we haven't seen any names floating around. We haven't seen any names – been talked about so i think ultimately it'll be joe sloan but that's what that's that's where we're at i think and i agree so we'll we'll just have to wait and see um we're not entirely we're not obviously not 100 percent on that we're not coming out here saying that LS, that's what lsu is doing that they're going to hire joe sloan no it just feels just, like which and what's funny is me and you have not even talked about that. Like we we just sat here and agreed with each other, and we literally, I mean, we can be honest with each other and with y'all listening and and uh, watching. Uh, we we have not discussed that. We have yeah. not discussed that. Yeah. So uh, kind of cool to see we both agree there. Um, so I think moving on, Reagan, from the coaching. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's been also a lot of changing with. Uh, recruiting and the transfer portal. Obviously, in recruiting, there's uh, you mentioned it earlier. Landing Bryce Underwood, number one player in the country, number one quarterback in the country for 2025, is a massive, massive ordeal. You now have in the class of 2025 the number one quarterback in the country, also the number one player in the country, committed to LSU. You have the number one running back in the country, and Trey Holly committed to LSU, and you have the number one uh, wide receiver. Um, Committed to what? What did I say? Trey Holly. <laughs> oh my bad. Caden uh, Durham. Um, sorry. Not Caden Durham. Not Caden Durham. Harlem Berry. Harlem Berry. Sorry, dude. Caden Durham's twenty twenty four. They run. They run together. They run together. You are right. LSU running back, so it's okay. Yeah, I mean LSU's in good hands, right? <laughs> LSU's in good hands. Sorry, 
Number one quarterback in Bryce Underwood. Let me just restart. Number one quarterback in Bryce Underwood and number one player in the country. Harlem Barry, the number one running back in the country. And DeCorian Moore. I got that one right. Uh, The number one wide receiver in the country for 2025. So, ultimately, man, 2025 looks like it's going to be a dangerous class. And you have Keelan Moses, who is very vocal and very out there. Like, hey, I'm going to be the leader of this class. We are going to build something. Um, And he even went as far as saying greater than the 2019 LSU football team. That's that's a big statement. It's a big statement. So, we'll see. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But you like oh, the hype. You like the hype. You like and you yeah. like the motivation. So absolutely. Um, I, I mean, Reagan, you can mention some others, Reagan. But I mean, that was what I really wanted to hit on. I mean, it, good grief! You got the number one players in all the skill yeah. positions on, on the offensive side of the ball coming to you in twenty twenty five. If you're able to stick with them, if right. you're able to sign all three, so we'll see. Yeah, and I, I ultimately, I I think you. Here's the good thing. I think you do keep them all. Um. Bryce Underwood, really down to Michigan and LSU. And LSU fans, it's looking really good that you're going to sign Bryce Underwood because you already got him to commit to LSU. Now Jim Harbaugh is on his second interview with the Los Angeles Chargers. He's already interviewed with the Falcons. It looks like he's headed for the NFL. So, not only is that transpiring, but they also took another quarterback in the 2025 class. So, it feels like Michigan has moved on from that. And then if Jim Harbaugh leaves, like, I think we're signing him. So, that, that's that's pretty big. You also have uh, Bo Bordelon's brother, uh, Brett Bordelon, who is another uh, uh, offensive lineman who, who people say it will be – a very solid guy uh, out of out, out of New Orleans. You got J.D. Lafleur, another tight end. Uh, Keelan Moses and, and Taron Francis, one of the receivers out of Louisiana, committed as well. But 2025 is shaping up. I mean, it's as of right now, you have the number one class in the 2025 cycle. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's a long way to go um, in terms of the 2025 class, but it's shaping up to be a really, really good class. Um, and, and of course, like you said, with, with Keelan, uh, he's telling everybody, Hey, this is going to be the number one class in the country. Uh, so I, I love it. And, and when you got guys like the top three, you know, running back quarterback, right, wide receiver, you look at it and say, why not LSU? Yeah. Um, and then you see the staff additions and what they did offensively this year. Why not LSU? Um, Brian Kelly's got it headed in the right direction. And and 2026, Zach, I know it's a long ways off, but three, three, three of the top five players in the nation are in Louisiana. Yeah. Three of the top five. It's insane. Three of the top five, uh, including the number one player in the country, Joaquin Stewart, who is a defensive lineman. Hello, Bo Davis. Thank God we got him. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, which he was leaning Alabama. Alabama. He was leaning Alabama. And then everything's over. Leaving Alabama. Now Nick Saban has left. He's probably going to be leaning LSU. 
Please. Um, so, you, you, Zach, you literally could be landing in back-to-back cycles the number one player in the nation. Um, so, recruiting-wise, it, it's going really stinking well. 2024, though, you've added Dominic McKinley. You've added uh, uh, Gabe uh, Relaford. Uh, Dominic McKinley is all but signed to LSU. Yeah. Guess who you can thank for that? Bo Davis. Yep. Bo Davis. Bo Davis has gotten Dom McKinley. Uh, the addition of, of of Bo Davis solidified Dom coming to LSU. If Dom, if, if Bo Davis would have been in LSU, he would have never committed to AM. He would have never committed to AM. With the addition of Bo Davis, our defensive line is going to be far, far better. Yeah. Um, Don McKinley is the number one player in the state of Louisiana. You can't lose him. He's a five-star defensive lineman. You cannot lose him to Texas A&M. Thank goodness we got Bo Davis. Uh, and thank goodness Jimbo Fisher's gone. Um, <laughs> you also got uh, um, Terry Bussey. Who's Maybe. We'll got, see. got an official visit to LSU uh, here in the coming weeks. Uh He's going to have a visit with LSU, A&M, and Georgia. Unfortunately, you don't get the last visit. I, I think A&M gets the last visit. I, I may be wrong on that. But you don't get the last visit, which stinks because you kind of like to close. Um, but according to Bussy himself, according to Terry Bussy himself, LSU has talked to him every day, mm-hmm. every day. And now you have added Corey Raymond to that mix, and Corey Raymond can pick up the phone and call him. Yep. Uh, you now finally have a DB's coach to say, "Hey, I'm going to be your coach. Come to LSU." Um, so all, all of it kind of be, is falling in line at the right time. LSU, with the addition of Dom and Relaford, has moved up the ladder. Mm-hmm. In the recruiting stats, you're now top ten. If you land Bussy, you're probably going to land a top five class. And honestly, if you're a top ten class, you're good. If you land top five, you're great. You're great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can springboard that into the 25, 26 classes. So, man, the future is very bright for LSU. It, it is really bright. Zach, portal additions, uh, since we've been gone, you already know of uh, Jordan Gilbert, Xavier Thomas. We've talked about those. Uh, since then, you have added Austin Osbury, Jair Brown, and the big one, C.J. Daniels. C.J. Daniels. Remember the name. Remember the name. Because I believe he's going to be one and done, Zach. He's only got one year of eligibility left. Yep. He's only got one year of eligible. Well, he <clears throat> he may have two, and I'll tell you why. He's been in, in college four years, but he played in 2020. That was his first year. So he's got a COVID year. Yep. But he also tore his ACL in 2022. So he also – Probably does have another. He, he might have registered year. in 2022. Um, so – you could maybe have him for two more years. I, I'm not entirely sure if he redshirted. it. So here's the deal with C.J. Daniels, Zach. I want to talk about him, and then we can touch on Jire Brown and Austin Osbury real quick. But we need to talk about C.J. Daniels. C.J. Daniels at Liberty in his sophomore year 
had 629 yards receiving and seven touchdowns in his sophomore season. Good year. He had a solid year. So, seven touchdowns, 629. I think that's a better year than, than Kyron had this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're correct. Uh, then he got injured in the spring. He tore his ACL of 2022. So didn't get to play in the 2022 season, but you knew that the future was bright for him. He gets healthy. He comes back this season and has a thousand yard uh, receiving year and 10 touchdowns. So you saw the improvement, the step up. Now you bring him to LSU with Cortez Hankton with Garrett Nussmeyer and this coaching, this offensive staff, what can he do fully healthy coming off of a 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, and you bring him to LSU? It can be really special. I mean, no knock on Kyron because I really expect Kyron to have a great year this next year. Will. But you're talking you're talking a potential number one. He's He was brought here to be your number one. He was brought here to be your number one, if if not your number. You know, I mean, if unless Kyron takes over, yeah, and that's that's all exactly what I was about to say. Is everybody has the chance to kind of step up and take over? I, we're not trying. I'm not. I do not want to take that away from Kyron at all. Like and just say it's C.J. Daniels, but the dude's coming off a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. The potential is all there. It's all there. He's going to be in the mix. Um, man, 6'2", 200 pounds, big, physical. Uh, like, like He's built like Brian Thomas, but Brian Thomas has a little bit more height on him. Um, so, like, he's a guy who's going to go up and get the ball. Yeah. Contested catches. I, I've, I've been watching his film. Can make the contested catch. Can get up and get the 50 ball. Like, like great receiver, man. And, and as of today, is listed as a top 10 player out of the portal. All portal players, not top 10 current available, top 10 period in the portal. Yep. He is listed as the number two receiver that, that left for the portal. The only guy he is behind was Evan Stewart, who left Texas a and Yep. He is higher, according to On3, than Isaiah Bond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is, like I said earlier, one of five, one of five returning receivers who had a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns this past season. Yep. It is a massive addition that I don't think we're giving enough attention. I really don't think we're giving enough attention. I mean, you're talking number one number one receiver next yes. year probably. I mean he's clearly the number one receiver at Liberty. No question. No question. That's who he was. Yeah. Uh, but 55 catches, thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. Can you hit on it? Season. You hit on them and see, and see if Great, what he can do at LSU. Absolutely, I, I love it. Uh, now he's gonna be going against SEC DBs. I love the addition, Zach. Um, the other additions: Austin Osbury, Jire Brown. Austin Osbury. I, when when he was in high school, I'm thinking, why is he not at LSU? Correct. <laughs> we all remember. We all remember his recruitment. Like his dad makes the LSU football schedule. What are <laughs> What is going on? Why is this kid not at LSU? Like, your dad literally makes the schedule. Your dad is the reason we are playing USC and UCLA next year in the same season. Like, 
why are you not at LSU? I'm not saying I'm upset about that. I'm just saying that's a big deal. Like his dad is the reason we're playing USC in Vegas next year to yep. open the season. And he's not at LSU. <laughs> I, I, I get, you know, maybe some kids, they, they want to go forge their own path. They, yeah. they want to forge their own path. I get it. But the kid was at U high. Like, so you need his safety. You added Austin Osbury. He ha- he was a freshman. He was at Auburn. He played some. You know nothing, nothing crazy. Really, I-, I think what you're getting out of Austin Osbury as of right now, you know this may change in the off season. May change with some coaching. He may step up. You know, every player has that chance to take a step up from the next year. Yeah. But as of right now, I, I think he's a depth piece. I think mm-hmm. he's a depth piece. He could make change that. But to me, he's a depth piece. You also added Zach Jire Brown, New Orleans native uh, from Ohio State. That's two uh, DBs now you got from Ohio State. That's, that's correct. You, you got two DBs at a, at, at, from Ohio State. Um, so I, I love the addition. I think you needed one more. Uh, in my opinion, I wish we, I, I, I wish we would have gone after one more safety, a little bit more higher name safety. Um, but you know what? The portal's not over with yet. You know, I, I'm not I'm not saying we're still looking, but the portal is still open. You know, we still could land somebody if if, if need be. Uh, Zach, I think the one other thing we need to talk of in, in, in terms of portal is our losses. Um, the biggest surprise, the biggest surprise of the portal class is Lance Hurd. It's Lance Hurd. Um, he committed to Tennessee. Bottom line, bottom line, I, you know, we could talk about it all we want. We talk about it all we want. But to me, he's not starting next year. He's not guaranteed. Let me let me say that. He's not guaranteed to start next year. And he wanted more NIL money. Simple as that. Maybe he can go to Tennessee and start immediately and make the NIL money that he wants to make. The dude was making NIL money at LSU. And it, it wasn't like he was hurting for NIL money. But five-star recruit, he's seeing what people are doing in the portal, hits the portal, sees if he can get the number he wants, and goes. That's the that's the college football we live in these days, guys. That, mm-hmm. It really is. That's what Lance Hurd did. That's exactly what he did. <clears throat> yep. He's not guaranteed to start. Let me weigh my options. I'm a five-star recruit. He got what he got, dude. Lance would have been – I would have loved Lance to stay because the dude is an awesome talent. He really is. He'd have been amazing. But I don't really think we're hurting on the offensive line. Brad no. Davis has our offensive line talented. and They're humming. They're humming. Any more thoughts, Zach, on recruiting and transfer portal? No, I think that's really about it. We can uh, take a break real quick, and then when we get back, we can hit a few comments and then wrap this up with some basketball. Sound good? Great. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram, at Saints Anthem, and at Twitter, at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens 
attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. All right, Reagan, we're back. And uh, got a few comments in here that we want to hit on. Uh, yeah, Dad's in here. Appreciate Dad being here. He said, I came on to say, I heard Nick Saban resign. He retired. But yes. Um, he said, glad y'all back. We will also hit on, we can hit on this briefly. Um, Michael Bowen said, hello. What's up, Mike? Hey, Michael. That's Carl from Dunn. He's from Valley. Uh, one of the OGs. 25 days till LSU baseball, the quest for eight. I like that. Uh, and he also said that's why Saban said peace in IL and transfer portal. So, real quick, yes. Reagan, real quick, because I don't want to hit on this long because I know it's been discussed at nauseum in all platforms, um, all over sports. Uh, obviously, Nick Saban retires. And I want to start by saying this because I know a lot of people initially – are going to have this mindset. And me and you talk about this mindset. It's a loser's mindset, right? When you get beat, you have a loser's mindset, right? Yep. You I want to start. You make, you make excuses. I want to start this conversation in a non-loser's mindset, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, the the loser mindset is, oh, hallelujah, thank God. You know. I said hallelujah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone why because we constantly lost right it's true that's true but the it's reality true. is the reality is that nick saban is the goat and you have to acknowledge that um and so instead of sitting on here going oh my god thank the lord uh he's gone now he won't you don't have to suffer any longer yes. i'm gonna sit here and give the man his respect because he deserves every bit of the respect. He is the goat. Dad's leaving the show. He's leaving the show. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> what are we talking, Reagan? Seven, seven national championships. Six at Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Six at Alabama, one at LSU. Uh, Nick Saban is the reason LSU is what it is. Nick Saban is the reason that LSU is. came out of the ashes of the grave and became a a power in college football that can compete for national championships is and is second in national yeah. championships in the out in the pack you know since the 2000s so yeah. um i'm going to give the man his respect um there will never ever 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 be a coach like Nick Saban i ain't saying there ain't ever going to be a coach that wins you know six national championships, seven national championships. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there will never be a coach that is like Nick Saban and forged the path of college football uh, and and su and had such domination and built the dynasty. I mean, and the character and all those things, everything yeah. that is Nick Saban, everything that he has done, every success he has had, um, there will never be a coach like Nick Saban. And we, as LSU fans, yes, yes. I agree. It is exciting. It is exciting to think, wow, we our biggest our biggest hurdle ever is gone. Uh, <laughs> and it's gone. But I have to um give respect, respect is due. And uh Nick Saban 
is the reason we can enjoy LSU football in the glory days that it is living in right now. So I give the man respect. On the flip side, hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Uh, Man, dude, you think back to it started in twenty, the beginning of 2012 when Alabama went into the Superdome and they beat LSU 20 to 1 to nothing. And then we had to sit and wait for almost a decade. A, a almost a decade for LSU to win. It had to take Joe Burrow and him being greatest ab- team ever. And the greatest. <laughs> it took Joe Burrow and the greatest team ever to barely beat Nick Saban on the road by five points, um, and eventually going to win the national championship. I mean, you know, you. Even that season was so great, but you you, you know going to the Bama game, you're like, please, please, That's we've the suffered. Thing. The one thing, get that. We have, su- back. we have suffered for almost a decade. Please, just beat Bama. That's look. That's how Arkansas and Mississippi State are going to be this this coming year. Yeah, <laughs> they're all going to be like, please, can we beat Alabama? Please, can look, we beat Nick Saban, sixteen straight years of ten wins or better. Sixteen. It's but it's gone. It's gone. Zach, uh, uh, yes, Saban is gone, uh, and and that is awesome for LSU fans. It's going to be great. Um, but let's talk about Zach a little bit basketball to wrap things up here. Um, where do we want to start? On both ends. Where do you? Yeah, I guess. Where do you want to start? I, I mean, I'll do women's because I think I'm, I'm probably a little bit more closer with the women's team, and you're probably a little bit more closer with the men's team. Vice versa. Sure, sure. Um, I did love for the women's that. team. Let me tell you, um, fans. <laughs> I, I, I really, you know, obviously three games ago, LSU went to Auburn and they took a loss, their first loss in the conference, second loss of the season. Um. And honestly, that just looked like a team that went into a buzzsaw. Listen, this team, this LSU women's team, we have to realize what they are facing week in and week out. When they go on the road, they are going on the road and facing record crowds every time. Yeah, I must say every time, six times because of Kim Mulkey and because of the show and and all the famous players. I mean, you got Haley Van Lith who. Uh, Haley Van Lith, Flaze Johnson, Angel Reese, who are all top three in, or excuse me, top one in the top 100 of NIL. Yeah. And are extremely famous on social media. Yeah. Um, you have Kim Mulkey with all of her glitz and glam and, you know, yep. obviously a phenomenal women's head basketball coach. Um, yep. So you put all that together along with the defending national champions and you have what you have now, which is teams – uh, LSU showing a lot of support and traveling a lot to these games, but also the opposing team wanting to come and watch them try to beat LSU. Um, because when you have, uh, you know, the stars and the 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 really great head coach, and you've got national championship now in your bag, uh, people are going to want to beat you, and they're going to give you their one hundred percent best. Absolutely. Um, and that's what happened against Auburn. You went into a buzzsaw because that arena as is arguably, in my opinion, in the SEC, I believe it's the hardest place to play. Uh, oh, I think yeah, in the SEC, I'm not saying in college basketball, I'm saying in the SEC, I think Auburn is the hardest arena 100%, to play. 100%. 100%. Um, 
and we saw that again with the men's when they traveled there. Um, that was the one game in the SEC the that they haven't competed. It's called the jungle for a it's reason. It's called the jungle for a reason. <laughs> um, so I know people were upset about the loss to Auburn, but they were in front of a record crowd. They were in the jungle. Um, we also have to remember that LSU doesn't have a lot of depth. They really don't. You have your starting five, and they are the Fab Five, and they are phenomenal. Um, but outside of that, you have last tier Poe that comes off the bench as a backup point guard. You have uh, Alea Del Rosio that comes off the bench to to back up, uh, you know, the bigs, uh, back up Angel. And outside of that, that's pretty much it, right? Losing Samaya Smith hurt. It hurt. Samaya, not having Samaya Smith is what's hurting this team right now. And yet, yes, they are playing through it. Um, and I just think against Auburn, man, they they just played a team that was hungry and ready to beat LSU. Uh, and, and and it was just kind of the perfect storm. The environment, the record crowd, uh, a team that's very hungry. You got a team in LSU that uh, is going to face struggles with depth. Um, and you also just had an Auburn player uh, and uh, I, let me go back real quick because I don't want to butcher this name. They said her um, name so many times. <laughs> yeah, they said her name so many times. So let me just go back real quick, and I will uh, do its due diligence. Um, Scott Grayson, honesty, Scott Grayson. Yeah. Uh, she just went off. She just kind of went off and had a game. Uh, former player, uh, former Kim Mulkey player at Baylor. So I'm not. Oh, I'm not overthinking the Auburn loss too much um, because then you saw LSU come back and they struggled a little bit in the first half against Bama and then they just completely dominated Alabama in the second half. And then you saw them uh, completely dominate Arkansas for all four quarters uh, from start to finish. You had a little bit there in the second quarter where they struggled a little bit but because uh, I think Arkansas went on like a 16-5 run or something like that. So – LSU women's looks really good right now. The biggest concern is depth. It, that's yeah, the biggest concern. For sure. um, I'll say this, Reagan. I think Flaza Johnson in this part of the season here in the SEC play, she has impressed me the most. She had a slow start to the season yeah. uh, in non-conference, and now she just seems like she's really turning it on yeah. in SEC play. And you're starting to see the uh, SEC freshman of the year that she was uh, you know, obviously, she won the freshman of the year last year, and you're starting to see that. Michaela Williams looked great these last couple of games. Um, she looks poised to potentially be another freshman of the year candidate for LSU um, in the SEC. Anissa Morrow, I've mentioned at times, has been extremely dominant. Her ability to hit mid-range jumpers is phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Um, Angel Reese, obviously, has just been Angel Reese. She's a double-double machine. And then Haley Van Lith, you know, you've seen Haley Van Lith kind of take a step back in her role. Then at Louisville, you know, at Louisville, they very much relied on her to score. Uh, and this, and here, at L and here at LSU, you've seen more of her duty to play as a point guard and yeah. facilitate the offense and uh, get assists. And she's done that. And yet she's still averaging over double-digit points a game. And then yeah. this past game against uh, Arkansas, she had a great game. I mean, everybody did. Everybody did. When you scored nine, almost 100 points uh, on an SEC team, you know, everybody gets there. So, we now set up, Reagan, for the biggest matchup of the season, uh, for sure of the regular season. 
South Carolina, number one South Carolina, number uh, undefeated South Carolina is going to be coming to the PMAC to face Jumping. LSU um, and the defending national champs. So, obviously, this is one that South Carolina is going to want and they're going to be extremely hungry for because, obviously, they didn't win the national championship last year and LSU did. Um, but also, LSU is going to be hungry for this because – South Carolina is one of the only two teams that they lost to last year. Yep. Uh, and and Tennessee being the other. So this game is going to be insane. It's going to be prime time ESPN. Um, I think it I I think, Reagan, it is very likely that this could be um this could end up being the most viewed game in women's college basketball history, and that's including LSU versus Iowa in the national championship this past very year. True. Very true. I think it has that possibility because of it being primetime ESPN. You remember the national championship game was like yeah. Sunday afternoon, right? Yeah. Um, this is prime time. I mean, some people are napping right after church on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like okay, hey, we'll watch the second half. You know, but uh, um, this is prime time Thursday night. There's not going to be any uh, NFL Thursday night football right. on. This is going to be the game to watch. Uh, in sports on Thursday night. And so uh, the PMAC is going to be absolutely rocking. Yep. And I would love to see LSU go out and get a win and, and, and prove to the, the country. Number one team in the country. You know, they've been uh, – obviously, they lost to Colorado. They lost to Auburn. Um, and I, with Colorado, I just think they weren't ready chemistry-wise as a team. Colorado's also and a gets- top three team. Yeah, and, and and then with Auburn, I, and, and and again, Colorado's proven that they are a top team. Yeah. Uh, and Auburn was just a perfect storm, in my opinion. So this is a chance for LSU to get to prove to the national media and, and to the fans, hey, look, we are here to compete this season, right? And if you are able to host South Carolina and beat them and hand them their first loss of the season, um, the, the, the national media, the pollsters – you're going to get extreme recognition. So we'll see how Thursday plays out, but, man, I am excited about Thursday. Oh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. It really is. It really is. Well, on the men's side of the ball, um, man, I, I'm just extremely impressed with the improvement of this team throughout the year, the improvement of guys like Jordan Wright and Mike Williams. Mike Williams is going to – be amazing at LSU. As a freshman, he's been awesome. He continues to grow. I think he's going to be great. Um, Will Baker finally kind of finding himself a little bit. Uh, Hunter Dean continues to come in and just give you effort minutes. He just comes in and plays hard. Um, Tyrell Ward can come in and give you threes when he wants to. Yeah, Tyrell Ward is really Man. great this year. Absolutely. And, and – uh, Jalen Cook obviously needs to be mentioned. He's not your leading scorer. Just his ability to come in and, and facilitate the game has changed the identity of this team. And we talked about that, Zach. If we could get Jalen Cook eligible, this would be different. Obviously, the court ruling happened. All second-time transfers are you know given the waiver to play. No penalty whatsoever. Uh, so he's full go the rest of the year. Um, and, and his diff, the difference that he has made is is evident, and it's it's been awesome. Um, really would love to see his three point shooting improve, Jalen's. 
Um, but overall, the, the the overall look of the team is better. There's our defensive effort is is has been phenomenal. They are they are active on the defense. Now they are three and two in conference play. They've already won more games in the conference than they did last year with three <laughs> games. Um, so that's saying something. They very easily could be four and one, Zach. Very easily. Uh, they lost to Texas A&M on Saturday in a close one in Baton Rouge. Zach, as everybody knows, as everybody knows, the difference in the game was the offensive rebounds for Texas A&M. The second chance points was 24 to zero. Yep. 24 to zero. That's the difference in the ball. 24 <laughs> points on second chance. It was inexcusable. There, the amount of offensive rebounds that AM was able to get was inexcusable. Um, but look, Matt McMahon addressed it in the post-game interview. Everybody knows it. He's going to correct it. Um, they, 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 they're going to work on that. There's no question about that. You got to be crashing, man. You, you like, like Matt McMahon said, you, man, you got to be some junkyard dogs, like, like, like Texas A&M, Texas A&M was. They find they a body, yard dogs, box man. them out. Crashing, box out and crash in. Like, go get the ball. I will say this: there was a lot because of because of the style of play with Wade Taylor. There was a lot of long rebounds that are hard, 50-50 balls. But either way, regardless, that's not an excuse. 24 points, second chance is inexcusable. Um, if that doesn't happen, you win that game. Although you allowed 24 points, 24 points in second chance to zero. It was still like a, what was it, 69 to 72 or something? Yeah, it's like four, the four point game. The four point game. Like you played well enough to win that game, except yeah. for one area and it killed you. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to keep competing. They've got a tough stretch this week. They really do. Yeah. At Georgia, Alabama. That's brutal. you got to go at Georgia and Georgia has been playing really solid under Mike White. Um, then, of course, Nate Oates has Bama playing well as well. Uh, and you got to go to Bama. So, it's a tough stretch. Oates, Arkansas to Tennessee. It's, it's Yeah, it's it's a tough stretch. You got a tough four games. So, look, don't check out on them. Don't, don't check out on them. They are a, a solid team that is improving. They're going to take some on the chin the next few weeks. They're going to take some on the chin. Uh, that's the reality. Um, but another thing I wanted to say, Zach, is give McMahon his props now. Recognize what he has done. He has improved this team. Look at the recruiting. Look at the recruiting he has done. You see what freshman Mike Williams is doing. I thought that Corey Chest was going to be a much bigger player than Mike Williams this year. And you're redshirting Corey Chest. Yeah. Corey's taking a red shirt. Why? Because Matt McMahon is focused on the future. He's focused on the future because he's been recruiting well. Mm-hmm. He got Jalen Reed in here. He got Tyrell Ward in here. The, the first few months he got in here, he was able to land two top 100 players. And then he brought in Corey Chess, the number one player in Louisiana, another top 50 player, Mike Williams, another four-star recruit, who's been playing great for you. And guys, He's got Curtis Givens coming in next year who is playing on the best high school team in the nation. 
Mm-hmm. Curtis Givens is currently playing at Monte Verde Academy with Cooper Flag, the number one player in the nation. Please give this man his time. Please give this man his respect. Open your eyes to what he's doing. He's doing well. He's doing well. You got to let the man build the program because he's literally building it from nothing, from nothing. So hold on. Don't tap out on him. It, it's it's rough to watch a build. It is. But the build makes the 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 victories on the other end of that so much better. Yeah. So much more meaningful. So let it build. Watch the success grow. Because Matt McMahon's a good coach. He really is. He really yeah. is. And I think you've started to see that this season. You've started to see it. All right, Zach. I think we need to wrap things up. We're at hour 15 in. Man, it's been fantastic to get, to get back, Zach. I'm, I'm glad we're back. Um, and to talk about these things. I, I love it. Um, appreciate you guys who have checked in and commented. Uh, I see Jeremiah in here as well. Jeremiah's in my youth group, Zach, um, here at Bethel. Mike is, is a is a more uh, is a member at Valley View. Appreciate both of them uh, commenting. Love y'all both. Uh, Dad, thank you for being interactive as well. Guys, it's been a great show. There's been a lot to talk about. Zach, here soon. I think we need to start giving maybe some starting nine weekend rotation. I think we kind of already know it. Type stuff. It does seem like we already know it. It does seem, which is exciting. I love that. I love that. Uh, But that's exciting, man. So we'll we'll talk about that soon as as, uh, Carl Dunn was pointing out. It's just 25 days away, man. 25 days. Less than a month. Let's go. Let's go, man. And you get four games on the first weekend. I know. Isn't that awesome? Love it. I absolutely love it. All right, guys. It's been a great show. Glad we're back. We'll see you next time here on the Tigers Avenue. Five Star Hero, take us out. Peace.